Good evening, Island Church. Here it is, Monday evening, August 17th. We're so glad to be coming, with, uh, coming to you with the Word of God. And the Word of God is quick, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It can divide asunder that, uh, what is of the spirit, soul, and body. It is also a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. I like what Paul writes to Timothy, writes to us also. He says, all scripture is breathed by God, is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness, so that we as men and women of God may be mature and thoroughly, thoroughly furnished. We're dealing with the current. We're preparing for what's coming. We looked into the scripture, Romans chapter 12, talked about presenting our body as a, as a living sacrifice to the Lord. That is your answer for the addictions, for the, the sin your body used to be involved in, to give your, give your knees to bending to prayer, your eyes to study and, and meditate on the Word of God, your ears to hear the Word of God, uh, your feet to take you to, to, to church, to, uh, to serve God, to serve, to serve others, and then to renew your mind, not, not to be conformed to the current culture and its ideas, but to actually have a reformation of your thinking process by the Word of God. I'm telling you, by doing that, that will empower you to deal with current circumstances. Now, every one of us deal with them every day, whether we realize it or not, but it is those circumstances that are left undealt with that grow into monsters. I mean, they can start out as some little old problem, but we don't deal with it. We're not, you know, we're too busy, don't want to deal with that, or, or we just don't have time, or, you know, some little apathetic, complacent spirit gets out, and we just, well, you know, we'll deal with it later. We keep putting it off, putting it off. Next thing you know, we're forced to deal with the current situation. Well, you are automatically uh, predisposed and already developed if you've been presenting your body, renewing your mind, then you understand the power in the name of Jesus. You understand the power of the Holy Ghost. And you also understand resistance, resisting the devil so that he will flee from you. And you've got to make a decision. Listen, in every situation currently you're dealing with, you cannot stay on the defensive and get the victory. You must go on the offensive. You must take the fight to the enemy. Use your confession, use your worship, use your praise, use your giving, use your church attendance, use your prayer. Use every weapon at your disposal to bring the fight to the situation and establish yourself in the arena of victory. Then preparing for what's coming. God's created us as new creatures to live in the reality of His kingdom, which manifests itself in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. We talked about righteousness being revelation, peace being a manifestation, and joy in the Holy Ghost is God's presentation of us to the world. Listen, when the world sees us, we don't need to look like the world. We don't need to act like the world. We don't need to talk like the world, walk like the world. We need to look like, talk like, walk like who we are. We are God's very own blood-bought, covenanted, holy children. And now more than ever, People need to see that on us, and he will if we'll obey his word. Now, a couple of things to help you, especially dealing with the current, preparing for what's coming. Number one, don't let, your, don't let current pressure dictate your behavior. I'm amazed at people how anytime there's kind of a little a, a bump in the road in their life, the first thing, now it's, it is, it's, um, it's amazing, and I have built my own faith life not to be like this. It's an effort to do this. But I've seen so many people, and this is where the battle is automatically lost. When trauma, when pain, 
when circumstances, situation, or current events of life that need an aggressive posture on your part, that need you speaking the word, being around people of faith, having your pastors minister to you, all these things, the current pressure, you pull back. You quit reading the word. You, you quit coming to church. You quit doing the thing. You, you, you cut your obedience off. How in the world is that going to empower you to deal with any current situation? And how in the world is that going to prepare you for things that are coming? It's not. You're going to begin to regress in the things of God. God gave me a little, little thought when I was developing this to, to teach it to you. And let me read it. I had to write it sideways in my Bible. I got so much, uh, so much uh, written. It says, when living for God is not what you thought it would be, don't use it. Don't use it for an excuse to exit. Now listen to that again. That is a good word. When living for God is not what you thought it would be, don't use it for an exit. Use it to change. Listen, I've seen this with this corona pandemic where there are people in the church before this started. They were coming to church. They were happy. They were joyful. Then all of a sudden, there's corona out there. I might go to church and get sick. This might happen. That might happen. And literally, how to serve God had changed. And instead of flowing with the Holy Ghost, renewing your mind, finding the move of the Spirit, that which God is doing, you find an exit. You leave the church. You quit reading your Bible. You quit praying. How in the world will that ever give you the answer that you need? All you're going to do is fall headlong into that current situation. And then the future events that are coming are going to terrorize you. They're going to put fear in you like never before. It is time to wake up, shake yourself, realize, hey, I better, I better not let this pressure dictate to me. I better not let this pain dictate to me. I better not let this grief dictate to me how I'm going to serve God. I'm going to serve God the way I'm supposed to. So it may be that there's an area in your character that needs to change. All other areas of life. It's amazing how people choose their spiritual life as the first thing to compromise. You don't compromise going fishing or hunting. You don't compromise going shopping or eating. You don't compromise, uh, you know, used to when we could go to ball games stuff. You don't compromise that. No, you compromise your spiritual life. You can't do that. You can't lean into your habits and hobbies and all these other things and expect relief. And a lot of people, they get a little temporal relief with that, but that's not what it's producing. It is a trap that's going to destroy you. So don't let current pressure, pressure dictate your spiritual behavior. Number two, recognize no matter what happens on the earth. Now this is preparing us for what's coming. Recognize. No matter what happens on the earth, it does not change God or His Word. Let me say that to you again emphatically. As a fellow believer, as a minister, as your pastor, listen, recognize no matter what happens, no matter what happens on this earth, it does not change God. It does not change His Word. It does not reduce His power. It does not reduce His ability. 
I, listen, I thoroughly believe just the opposite. The worse it gets, the darker it gets, the more God pours out His mercy. The more God pours out His grace. The more God empowers His people. The more doors open. The more healings manifest. The more signs and wonders and miracles take place. The more finances flow. The more that God desires to do to complete and fulfill His word and bring the end of the age on, it begins to happen because it cannot happen without that. And that's the will of God for our lives. We must, we, we must understand that. Thirdly, this is important. Pray that God opens your eyes to what He's doing. Great, great illustration in the Scriptures. And Jesus went down, it's there in, a, in Matthew chapter 3. Jesus went down to the Jordan to be baptized of John. Now what was unique about the, 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 the revival meeting that was going on through John's ministry is that people were being baptized, immersed in the water, coming up out of the water, and they were confessing their sins. But Jesus didn't have no sin. He was the spotless Lamb of God. So why would he even bother with that? Why would he even... I've always wondered for years, why did he even you know, involve himself in, in the baptism of John? Why would he do that? Well, number one was submission. Number two, it became his place of empowerment. Number three, it became the place where God spoke to him and the Spirit of God led him. Now listen, there are things that God's doing in Island Church, uh, this prayer revival that we're experiencing. The Lord spoke this to me, and I'm going to share this with the church because it's powerful. The Lord says, there are those that are not recognizing that not to involve themselves in what's going on in prayer is going inhibit, to inhibit them from entering into what prayer is is producing. You say, what do you mean by that? Listen, if you're not part of what's going on to produce what's going to happen, how is what's going to happen going to invite you into it when you've rejected the beginning parts of it in the first place? You think of the disciples who were all invited to go into the garden with Jesus. Every one of them went into the garden, but they fell asleep. Three times Jesus tried to wake him up. Wake up, wake up, wake up. He's got blood running down his face. He's fighting death. He's doing all this kind of stuff and they're sleeping in the garden. Did you notice they did not follow him? The only one that did follow him, followed him afar off. And when pressed, he denied it. Denied that he ever knew him. Three times he denied. Now you've got to understand, if you can't follow him into prayer, how can you follow him into the revival the prayer produces? I mean, all you'll be is a spectator, and you'll come a night or two or three, but you'll never enjoy the full fruit of the answer. That's why we're inviting people. Come to prayer. Be a part of what God's doing. Let's see what God's going to produce through uh, week after week after week, hours and hours of groaning and intercession. You say, well, I, I just don't agree with all of it. Then come sit in the hall and listen to the Spirit of God touches you, anoints you, and pulls you into what God's doing. You've got to do it. You've got to participate. Well, what makes you so sure that it's God? Because I know God. I know God well enough to pastor the church, well enough to, to be an international minister all over the world, well enough to, to live by faith for 36 years, well enough to be here speaking to you saying, it's God. Take my word for it. Then, here's another one. Realize what He's doing is your answer. Realize what God is doing in that prayer room, what God's doing from the pulpit here at Island Church, what God's doing in your fellowship with us here at church, what God's doing in your study of the Word every day, what God's doing in your personal prayer life, what God is doing, that's your answer. That's your answer for your current situation, and that is the answer to prepare you for what's coming. I'll tell you, it's, it's, things have gotten 
surreal, strange. We're in, we're in territory that we've never been in as a nation. We've never been in as Texans. We've never been in as Galvestonians. We've never been in as believers. But thank God, remember one of the principles we said, recognize no matter what happens on the earth, it does not change God, His Word, or His power. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow night, and we'll wrap this up, and trust this will touch your heart. God bless.